Ian Jackson is a Tar Heel after committing for the 2024 class for Hubert Davis. Does this mean Hubert Davis is going to stick around a little bit longer, see it through as a head coach for the Tar Heels? More importantly, what does it mean for the roster and the lineup as we look ahead for the Heels? And we got to recap Miami and Syracuse because maybe Syracuse aren't frauds after all, or could they be? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. We are live and direct as we go over some today, uh, some of today's hottest news here around the ACC. If you have not yet subscribed to the channel on YouTube, do that. We are on the road to 1,000, and we can't do that without your subscription, so hit that subscribe button for us. Leave comments. We love when you talk to us, because we certainly will talk back. Kenton, hope you had a good weekend. A lot of good things coming out of this bad boy. You know, it was a great weekend besides seeing uh, all of the Photoshop edits of, of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, we need to snatch away two things uh, from all communities. And I feel like the podcast mics and the Photoshop editors, they just need to be, you know, and, and they can take our mics with it, honestly. It, it's a small price to pay for the greater good of humanity. A thousand percent, a small price to pay, but we have to keep our mics hot as we just dropped the news of Ian Jackson. He is committed to UNC, the six foot four star, five star recruit. Let me make sure I get my stars right because you know people like to get touchy about their stars. Five star recruit out of Bronx, New York. A super talented young man has decided he is going to take his talents to Chapel Hill. He also comes off for after the December 28th announcement of Elliot Cadeau. So you've got North Carolina with the number one class here of 2024. It's feeling great right now for the Tar Heels. How are you feeling about Ian Jackson's decision to come play for the Heels? I think he's an absolutely massive get. Again, I tell people all the time that these the reality is these recruiting sites aren't getting it wrong a ton. These recruiting sites, yes, players don't pan out and all that, but these recruiting sites, these folks get paid real big kid money and lead real big kid lives to follow around these high schoolers and, and decide who is what or, or who has looked like what amongst their peers and against uh, competition of their level. So, I mean, I, I think that this is a huge get, and I think that this recruiting class is, is a, a very big statement for Hubert when, you know, right now they're looking at a – UNC is looking at a season where you're either going to go deep into the uh, tournament again and shock everybody again, or people were going to be looking at Hubert like, all right, what's going on here? Why can't you win? What What is happening? Roy had these boys rolling just fine, and now all of a sudden you show up and we're a middle-of-the-road team. What's the problem? Yeah, North Carolina again now has the number one ranked recruiting class in 2024 cycle. Not only do they have Cadeau and um, Jackson, they also have Mr. James Brown, not you know the one who's too funky for himself, but Drake Powell. So it's a good day for UNC. It's a great day to be a Tar Heel, as mentioned. And I think overall, it's a very exciting time. It starts to see the trend that we normally see out of the boys in royal blue, right, of having number one recruits. But I think it's nice to have all the stars. It's nice to have all the commitments. I want to see it on the court. Ultimately, that's what I'm type person. Like you can have two stars, but if you got that hunger, you got that dog in you, it really doesn't matter. But hopefully with all these guys getting all of these accolades so early, it'll be good for the boys of baby blue. Like you like to say. 
with all due respect, the reality is the reality. Again, the recruiting sides don't get around that much. How often do we see a team full of two stars be the team full of five stars? And yes, we see it more. But those often. guys end up being like seniors. Like we talk about, if you look at like the Clemsons, we probably had three and four star. What? Listen, the reality is simple. The okay. teams that get the best players more often than not are the best teams. That's just the reality. Now, we do see times where teams are not meeting up to that, especially again in basketball, things get a little different sometimes. And all of a sudden, we're seeing the, these things where the, the traditional, it's not the best of the best players are not even going to high school anymore. I mean, college anymore. They're not going to college anymore. They're looking up and saying, why would I go play for you in dear old state or dear old university of North Carolina when I could go ahead and go to the overtime league and make about half a million to play there or go on over to the G league and make a couple hundred thousand to play there, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's getting a little different, but the reality is these stars are not just pulled out of people's hindsight. This is, reality of what people are looking at and, and i'm not going to say the stars are everything because again like we've talked about with unc's football team you all you have to develop these players if they're going to be around for a while but uh these getting a class this big or getting a class this talented is massive for uh hubert davis but like i just said clemson ultimately is the number one team in the acc and they don't have five star recruits so i don't think that the stars are that big of a deal I mean, hey, there is always an aberration <laughs> to the rule. I mean, there's there's always going to be one or two aberrations to the rule. That doesn't Pitt change. Sitting, Pitt sitting right behind them, do they have five stars? The exceptions do not change the rules. But You're it's not. Ex- about- but it's not exceptions. Like the you t- we you sit here on yourself and talked about. There's a shift in college basketball, and the veteran leadership guys are sticking around because of the NIL deals and all the things. So is it Uchiwali or one Mike? Like what is it? Again, you're talking about this year. I'm not saying that. The stars are. Yes, everything. you're saying traditionally, but you know, okay, all right. What what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you look at last year, who was the number one team in the conference? Duke. Ended up being number one. Duke ended up being number one. They they were they had the best uh, conference record. They were but who third. won the ACC? I believe Virginia Tech won the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. But How again, many five stars did they have? Is much a five star? He was not. No. Okay. What's the other boy? The white boy. What's his name? He could shoot a three as good as day. They, they had another really good big last year, too. They had another really, really good big last year. But that's neither here nor there. The reality is, the reality is, um, it's again, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not saying that stars are the end-all, be-all. And once you got stars, the haze in the barn is over. But I'm saying it makes it a lot easier than, you know, when you're, when you're going and, and making and doing out of you when you it's easier to make chicken salad out of the the actual ingredients of chicken salad than it is with chicken scratch i hear you but duke has five star recruits every year and they have yet to win a national championship because of it so there is that but in speaking of having all these top star recruits that means there could be a potential play a roster shift for the heels right now if i had to guess i don't see demarco dunn and Dontrez styles much longer for the tar heels if i just made a guess are there anyone else that you see, think or see not being with the heels after next season or even in 2024? So here's a very interesting thing that we need to keep in mind here. The ACC turnover rate on average of, of all the players from one year to the next with the transfer portal, I believe, has been on average between 35 and 40 percent. I mean, it's going to be a lot higher than that for UNC next year, uh, most likely, with, of course, all of these guys, the the five that the four or five that came back this year, probably we're, uh, we're definitely not seeing Armando back. Congratulations 
you've I hope you enjoyed your 13 years in college. It's time to go to you know whatever league. Honestly, that's really leaky, but go ahead. Leaky as well. You've been here forever and a day. Congratulations. Good job on getting your degree and your master's and maybe even a doctorate. It's time to move on now. Uh, it's time to go play in the NBA, G League, overseas, wherever you're going to play. Time to go play there. Um, but I I don't think that it'll mean too much in terms of the guards. I think that they'll both uh, be back if they have eligibility left. I mean, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't if you were them. Like Unless you were Caleb Love and they told you specifically, hey, we hate how much you shoot the ball. Get out of our program. Like there's there's no reason to really go ahead and go. Well, if you can't fine tune the shots, I ain't gonna sit here and say you need to stick around for longer. But that's neither here nor there. There's a lot more to come for basketball. We gotta talk about Miami and Syracuse because boy, was that an incredible game. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends at Built Bar. We know this is a new time of the year where we're all trying to get our bodies right. We're all trying to get snatched and all of the fun things that come with you know being a part of the ACC or being a part of just getting fit and healthy for the new year. But what makes Built Bars so good? Well, let me tell you just why okay they are 100 covered in real chocolate they are delicious and more than that they have all the great nutrients for you one thing about built bar they will make sure that they have delicious 100 covered in chocolate while giving you only 130 calories and four grams of sugar now you don't want to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to a pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up four boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, or all the same. Again, in Sam's Club. We're rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. We're talking about some great games. And immediately, as we're recording this, Syracuse and Miami had a doozy. And can you just talk to how the fraud comment came about yesterday. We were talking about Syracuse being a fraud, and I don't know. Things got a little dicey after that one. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Syracuse fans, I'm sorry. I picked some low-hanging fruit because I'm like, they're not going to be a very good team this year. But in all fairness, the comments did get me together, and I own that. I own that as a man. I was wrong there. Nobody is considering Syracuse a seriously good team this year. Um, so, you know, they're, 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 well, in why, that. Not? why aren't they considering them a seriously good team? They're not, you know, trash and they catch on usually towards the end of the season. They're almost right on time for Syracuse, but it's, it's, here's the thing. They're a very young team. Um, and with all due respect, being as young as they are with like, again, they're not pulling in the five stars, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're getting guys to fit their system. Sure. Um, but they're a very young team, um, without, you know, a lot of star power, I mean, hey, Jim Beheim's a great coach. Coaching means a lot in college. It means a ton in college. Still don't want to call that team a, a really good team or look at them and say, oh, yeah, I'm expecting this team to go ahead and be one of the best in the conference. Like, you're just – if you're being honest with yourself, you're being real with yourself, you're not going to say that. You're not having that conversation about them. Well, let's talk about Caleb Patry's, Caleb Patry's comments saying, how is Syracuse possibly a fraud? They're not even in tournament conversation – Four freshmen play 20 minutes, plus Edward leads ACC in rebounds. Gerard is top 10 in scoring. I, I mean, yeah. listen, good good for those two, but they're still not a good team. They're still, like, objectively, they're not a good team. They're not a, a team that I'm looking at and saying, like, oh, I expect them to, like, really, like, I'm surprised that they're not good, which, again, is me breaking my own definition of what I defined as a fraud, which I'll own. I was just again, to say. I own that. I own that. Again, they were low-hanging fruit to be like, oh, Syracuse is a brand name. They're not very good. Ka-chow. 
There we go. But they oh. took they took Miami to the end. Number thir- 17, excuse me, Miami to the end. It definitely was a couple possessions. You had Judah Mintz cough it up at literally final couple plays trying to be the hero. But Syracuse was in that, should have won that game, if we're being honest. Let me tell you something. Miami, the, this University of Miami basketball team, Jim Lornega, Isaiah Wong, Miller and company, um, they wouldn't have been able to survive in the Gibbs household. They wouldn't have been able to survive coming up. You know why? Because my mother always had one simple rule for us. When it was dinner time, lunch time, breakfast, didn't matter what it was. If you had a significant amount of food in front of you, there was only one rule. Do not play with your food. Don't play with it. It's, it's there to be eaten. Don't play with it. Miami has a very bad habit of playing around with their food, of toying around with these teams and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out in the second half. Uh, we don't really need to show up right now. Well, uh, no, I don't really feel like opening up this game strong. They're a very good second half team. Good for them. However, you can't rely on big second halves to get you through and get you what you need, especially in this ACC. You're going to run into some teams where even if you are a better team, they have a player that's just having a night and you went to sleep in the first half You didn't do what you needed to in the first half. You let the other team stick around deep into the second half, or you didn't do what you needed to to dominate deep into the the first half or do what you needed to to create separation, and then boom, one shot puts you out of ACC tournament. Same thing for the NCAA tournament. As you get deep into that, you may have one of the deepest teams. You may have a good amount of talent. You may have one of the best players in the nation in Isaiah Wall. But if y'all roll up, uh, well, we don't really feel like playing early. It's mm, We'll get it in the second half. Okay, you'll, you'll get yourself out of the tournament in the second half. I certainly think this was a gut check game for Miami. Definitely started out and slow to the first half. Isaiah Wong wasn't really a factor. But, you know, we look at Syracuse, neither was Joe Girard, who is arguably their best player. And, you know, it was trying to find that rhythm for both of them. And as they got going, you know, Joe came up being the he all the jump shots, right? Came up with a clutch three in the second half to even make it even for Syracuse. But unfortunately, again, once again, you find yourself at Syracuse, young guys trying to do a lot trying to be that one star is going to make it happen and not playing sound ball in terms of, you know, passing efficiency and all the things. But I think it's still not an opportunity to be discouraged. This is still a decent Syracuse team that's going to give people fits like a Miami who plays with their food in the ACC tournament where you don't get multiple opportunities to get it right. I say let's not give up on Syracuse just yet. Uh, Again, I'm going to give you an example of how intense or how bad the problem of Miami playing with their food is, okay? Their first two games of the season. Do you know who their first two games of the season were against? Please let us know. Okay. The first two games of the season were against Lafayette and UNCG. Neither one of those teams have winning records right now. As a matter of fact, Lafayette is a grand total of five and eleven in the or five and fourteen, rather. I'm sorry, five and fourteen in the Mighty Patriot Conference. Now, mm-hmm. here's the problem with those two games. Do you know what they had in common? Miami went into locker room trailing in both. Again, I don't know what's the problem with Miami. I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But for whatever reason, this team just thinks, oh, there's a switch. When 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 it's winning time, we'll win. We'll figure it out. You cannot do that in this ACC. 
You can get away with it against the Syracuse. You can get away with it. You almost got away with it twice against NC State. You can get away with it sometimes. You will not be able to get away with it more often than not, which honestly, honestly, is making Miami. I mean, y'all are better than people may have thought you were coming into the season, but you can slip into that fraud category, baby. I am not afraid to call you a fraud now. Not afraid to do it. And no doubt about it, some of the key highlights and players for Miami for the night, Harlan Beverly coming off the bench, scoring 16 points. You also had Nick Pack put up 15. So it wasn't just an Isaiah Wong show, as we had mentioned. He struggled a bit, and it's going to take multiple guys as they head towards postseason action. Now Miami is left being 15 and 16 and 3 on the 15 and 3 on the season. Mm -hmm. Syracuse falls to 12 and 7, and they'll continue to roll. Let's talk about some of these tonight matchups as we're heading into Tuesday and we're going to focus on the games coming up. None of them are earth shattering in terms of the matchups, but as we talk about guys not playing with their food, this is certainly a not play with your food Tuesday as we're looking at some of these men's hoops games. So up first, we have NC State taking on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech team that, you know, is having a forgettable season, eight and nine currently on their record, 14 and four NC State team that knows they've got to keep that momentum going because they have a big matchup. They shouldn't look too far ahead on Saturday at 5 p.m. They'll play UNC, but at seven on ACC Network, they'll face off against the Yellow Jackets. How do you feel about this game? Definition of a trap game. The literal walking, talking definition of a trap game. This is Georgia Tech team. Everybody's going to overlook. Everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. We can beat these guys, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Georgia Tech has already shown us with an upset over Miami earlier this season. It is possible on any night in the ACC to lose to anybody. It's possible. So if, if this NC State team does not show up with the right attitude, if they do not show up and put their foot on this team's neck early, it could lead to a, a very problematic result for NC State, and it could lead to um, to Georgia Tech getting their, what would it be, second conference win of the year? It, it, it's very possible. This is definitely a show and prove game for baby T. You talk the junk, you talk about how good your school is or how, you know, you feel like you're flowing at your own vibe and all the things. This is one of those games where you keep telling people, yes, we can be anybody, anywhere, any court, all the things. And I think, you know, they'll certainly prove that against Georgia Tech. I don't see it being much of a problem. Florida State will take on Notre Dame, Florida State current. Florida State currently five and thirteen. Notre Dame nine and nine, trying to get above five hundred. And you know, Bray and the boys certainly have an opportunity with this mediocre Florida State team. But you know, Florida State can cause people fits. It's just can they finish games? That'll be the true test for them on seven p at seven p.m. on ESPNU. You know, this is going to be a game that I think is, in the grand scheme of things, not going to be very relevant to anything in terms of. Uh, major positioning or anything like that or, or tournament time or even the ACC tournament, not going to be a major um, factor in, in that picture. But with that being said, these are two teams that are playing for pride. These are two teams that are playing for pride. Coach Ham is coaching for his job. So is Coach Bray over there. I mean, the reality is – actually, let me not say Coach Ham is coaching for his job. I think that he's got to – until he wants to retire, no longer wants to do it, he's got it. I'm not sure about Bray, though. I don't. I don't know. He also has a lifetime. He has one too. He has one too. Bray definitely. Who else wants to? Who wants to coach Notre Dame men's basketball? All I'm saying is this. Who wants all, to coach Notre Dame men's basketball? All I'm saying is this. Give, give me, give me five the people. Level, the level of success 
that Notre Dame has had in the past, I don't know how you say Bray has a lifetime. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I don't see how you give him a lifetime given the amount of success that you have had as a program and now looking at, you know, looking at some some very bad struggles here. I mean, it's only recent bad struggles. It ain't even like they're terrible. It's just, you know, some years just off. I, the way not- people think that ACC, ACC basketball is, to me, the standard. So to say, like, people are like, oh, they're awful. It's like, uh, are they awful or are they playing other really good teams? I mean, it, it's, it's a bit of both, I think. It's a bit of both. Like, it, the reality is you can't – they they just got their first conference win of the season last week, I want to say, against Georgia Tech. Like, And that's fine. It's, it's January. It's January. Okay. Well, early I'm, January. We're not even I'm, at the half. We just we just met the halfway point. I'm again. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna leave it here. At the end of the day, this is this is two teams playing for pride. And again, I at the end of the day, you don't want to lose a game like this on either side. Like just the competitors fire, just the spirit of hey, listen. Even though we're having a down year, we still want to have something to hang our hats on. And you know what? We may be having a down year. We may be playing guys who are going to be playing in in the NBA next year at some other schools that we play in the ACC. But this matters to us. This means everything to us. It's going to be one of those games for both of these teams. So let's let's see what they got. Another trap game potential. Boston College going to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. The 12-6 and Tar Heels are looking to keep their momentum rolling after the big, big expected win against Louisville. Having Armando Baycott play hurt. You know, maybe this is a game where if things are going well, you rest the guy, let his ankle get even more healthy than it needs to be. But it should be a gimme. But we all, what we say about gimmies, sometimes they can get you caught up. Gimme got shot. And uh, it ain't going to work out well all the time if you if you keep counting on gimme. No, but seriously, this is, a, uh, this is a Boston College team that, you know, much like their football team, their coach has many people after media days you talk you hear their coaches speak and you're like oh i want to run through a wall for that guy i like him a lot and all that good stuff and then you still gotta play the games you still gotta step on the field step on the court and do the things and could this be a game where boston college pulls off an upset i mean it's possible they've got a puncher's chance but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet. They on that. would have had to be playing out of their minds, making everything that they could imagine, and Caleb Love shooting every shot that he could dream of. But is that okay? One of those two is not that far fetched, right? Like Caleb putting up, you know, being like, "Ooh, I made one in a row. I'm hot. Let me just keep shooting." <laughs> like, that's, is that that far fetched? Is that a crazy idea? Is that an idea that's like, oh my god? Hey, this is we've never seen a, a non-judicious shooter of Caleb Love like. Very true. But, I mean, I think all in all, Boston College definitely has the means to upset. People have done it. You know, Pitt did it this season. I think Pitt is a better team than Boston College. But people have made North Carolina nervous and come up with W. So I think it's not crazy to think that North Carolina can get got even at home. Again, Another- I think they're a really long shot. Don't, don't you know, I don't want to hear nobody saying, oh, Ken, you picked Boston College to win. Not saying that. I think they're a very long shot. But, you know, they got a puncher's chance as long as they show up. Well, everybody got a bunch of chances. They have they suit up. Like what? Okay. Anyway, Clemson and Wake Forest. A Clemson team that is number one in the ACC in terms of men's basketball. Number sixteen ACC basketball. Number sixteen in the country. Fifteen and three on the year. And yet, Wake Forest has a minus two and a half favorite to win this game. And I'm saying to myself, huh? How does that work? 
you know, sometimes Vegas wants to give away money. And this feels like one of those moments because I don't get it. I don't. I know that the road is supposed to be like a two, three point thing. And I, I understand that everybody keeps waiting for the bottom to drop out on Clemson. No, I under get, I get it. I'm not saying that it's, it's, you know, a, a thing that necessarily makes sense, but I understand that Clemson is playing above their heads and we're waiting for Are the they playing team. above their heads? I would like to say so a little bit. I think PJ Hall's a dog. I think Brevin Galloway is good. I think that, you know, Hunter Tyson is excellent as well. So I don't know about that one. Playing I mean, above their heads. I mean, listen. I All right. when I say playing above their heads, are you trying to call them frauds? If she, no, I'm not calling Clemson frauds. I, I'll give Clemson their proper respect. I think that they're a team that everybody's waiting on the other foot to drop, and they're just like it's still up. So I don't, I don't care what y'all say here. Uh, but with that being said, I don't necessarily think that this is the game for it to happen. Honestly, I would be a little less surprised if it happens the next game against Virginia Tech. Like if they get healthy, figure some things out and and play to their full potential, I would be less surprised if that upset happens even in Clemson than this one in uh in in where is we Winston Salem. I don't know about that. I definitely think that Wake Forest has a you talk about puncher's chances. I think Wake Forest could definitely ruffle some feathers here. And as you say, Clemson is still Clemson basketball. We don't hold them to the highest of esteems. And Wake Forest is trying to be that guy that feels a little insulted every time people don't put them in national prominence. So I think that the Demon Deacons are definitely going to give them certainly a scare. I think Apple being Carr and Hildreth and all the guys are definitely going to make uh, Clemson a little bit nervous and they're going to have to play, you know, all around basketball in terms of efficiency. Everyone's going to have to be on their P's and Q's, which we've seen Clemson do. You know, there's not one guy doing everything for everybody where if he has an off night, it's, you know, terrible. Like we talk about sometimes with Isaiah Wong, you've got guys who can definitely spread the floor and give opportunities to every single player. I mean, yeah, I agree. And this is a Wake Forest team that's coming in off of, of a good amount of momentum and, whatnot and playing some really good ball winning all of their past couple games by double digits but still i i struggle to see where you come away with wake forest being a favorite here like Mm -hmm. that's the part that's like well i'm sure clemson literally has michael jordan on the wall and said i took that personally because at the end of the day you know don't tell me don't i haven't shown i'm the best team in the acc for you to still consider me an underdog what does vegas know that we don't uh, do they know something about Hunter Dyson or something that we are all looking at? Like, what's what's going on with him? DJ might have break his pinky toe. Who knows? I don't know. know. And they ain't told nobody yet. They ain't told nobody. They ain't announced nothing yet. It's just gonna come out in the middle of the night. But maybe I, Vegas really loves Winston Salem. Maybe they think Joel Coliseum is a place to be, and it's really hopping. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think it's that happened, but we'll see. There's a lot to go over for the Tuesday game. Please make sure you leave comments and all the fun things. We love to talk to you. We talk back. We certainly appreciate all of it. And make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you're listening. We've got a full week's worth of ACC basketball games on the men's and women's side. We're going to talk about some women tomorrow. We've got a lot of good stats to go over, a lot of games to preview. And I think it's going to be a good time because, listen, I already got Tania Lawson on my brain. I think that girl is absolute truth. Is it Tanaya or Tania? Is it Tanaya? I thought it was Tanaya, right? I believe it's Tanaya. I thought it was Tanaya. I got her in my brain, and I'm just thinking about how incredible she is. So I want to talk about her tomorrow, especially, and just how they're rolling Florida State Rookie of the Week for, like, the ninth time in a row. She's just incredible. So we're going to talk about her as well as some games as we prepare you for, again, all things ACC hoops. And you never know. They could a little sprinkle a little ACC football action there. Maybe we'll get a new commissioner. Who knows? I like to spice it up. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.